Hey, good evening. Welcome to the talk. Nola, this is the first broadcast here in New Orleans. Hello, hello. <laughs> I'm your host, Julia the Fourth. Today we're joined by Deanna Notoriani. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course, it's my pleasure. She's uh, she's representing Ulterior Motives today, yes. uh, uh, a youthful, bright, up and coming local band that everyone's just really excited to see. Um, so I'm, again, I'm your host, Julia the Fourth, coming in from the South Florida branch. The Fourth. I didn't the even fourth. know that. The Fourth. Oh yeah. With the suffixes and everything, <laughs> but um, you know, we're just going to be getting into the lifestyle of um, of this young artist and how she's going to represent herself in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. So let's get into it. Okay. So um, beforehand, if you can just go ahead and introduce yourself and what you play, like your instrument and the role you play in ulterior motives. Okay, so I'm a singer, songwriter, and pianist, and in, in the band I sing, and I'm on keyboard. Um, my music is kind of, I described it the other day as femcel slash like female rage music <laughs> and a teacher laughed at me yeah. <laughs> he was like, femcel, what is that? Has anyone ever heard of femcel? I've, I've never heard of that. Can you expand on that? Um, it's basically, well, have you ever heard of incel with like men? Yes. So femcel would be like the exact opposite of that. But then yeah. I was talking to Dylan about it the other day. He was like, I feel like your music is more like just rage driven than like sad girl. Yeah, because so I, I, like I've been to like a few of your shows yeah. and I could definitely see the vibe. Like, yeah, it's it's pretty songs. angry a lot of the time. I like that. It's like a teenage angst kind of thing. Mm -hmm. just, I really, really like the Thanks. the vibe of it. And the name, Ulterior Motives. Yes. Where did that come from? Because so, I've heard it like as a phrase, uh -huh. but never heard it like as a band name. I guess I like the, cre <laughs> the creativity for that one. Yeah, we were trying to come up with a name for like a hot minute and I was walking with Andy, the bassist of my band, and our friend Lucian. And we were, I was telling a story about a guy and Lucian was like, it seems like your type is just men with ulterior motives. And I literally like, I laughed and I was like, that's perfect. That's oh, that is, name right there. you know, the best like band names, they come like, it just flows organically. so organically. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, have you heard this story about how the Eagles got their name? No. All right. So the Eagles, they went through a few members beforehand, mm -hmm. um, before they finished their, their final, uh, their final like lineup. Yeah. They ended up going out to the desert and just smoking a bunch of payo and <laughs> I think it was maybe Don Henley that looked up and it was just like a bunch of eagles looking over and it was like, we're the eagles, man. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> so yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about local venues. Mm. Where have you played? What has been the most exciting to play? Which has been the most vibrant? Please expand on that. So our first gig and my favorite gig we've done so far was at the Howlin' Wolf Den. Like it was, was one there. of the best nights of my life. You were there, you were there. in fact, you were at the first gig. Yeah, that was like definitely my favorite show I've ever played and one of the most fun nights of my life, period. We also played a gig at D-Max Bar and Grill and right. then we opened for Planet of the Little Green Men at their album release party, which was awesome. Do you find we yourself- the Goblins. Oh, sorry. Do you, <laughs> do you find yourself like often collaborating with local artists? Um, I'm collaborating with people through school for sure. Like just between classes, we'll go to practice rooms and we're like writing songs, like always. Like everybody's so creative and it's so cool to be surrounded by so many creative individuals all the time. Um, other than people at Loyola, there's this girl named Lily who I met at an open mic and we've been like doing some stuff in the works and we jammed and like sang together. But yeah, mostly at school so far, the people I've collaborated really, with. Really, really exciting. And you mm -hmm. find like at school, it's like very, everyone's like very open to collaboration oh, yeah. and just very friendly. Yeah. Cause like we're all young and we're all just getting started. We're all like exactly. hungry and like eager to get going. Like I know you are. Like everybody's just really excited to collaborate with everybody. Yeah. 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 I, I remember uh, some time ago, we also discussed like having like a little duo moment. You, mm -hmm. you still remember that? Mm -hmm. We might have to get on that again. <laughs> yeah. But um, 
Any specific local musicians that stand out to you? Yes. Um, Sari Jordan, have you ever heard of her? Never heard of her. So she opened for Alice Phoebe Lou when she did her tour in Stockton, New Orleans. Um, Sari's music resonates with me so hard. She has this song, it's called Daydreams, and the lyrics, like, that's a good cry song. Yeah. Like, the lyrics really resonate with me. Yeah, there's another really pretty one called Sing to the Moon. It's kind of like, it feels like a jazz standard. It's really pretty. Um, and then I think her first single was called Ceasefire. Hmm. Yeah, her music, like it has the Alice Phoebe Lou indie, like really dreamy vibe. And her voice is also really soulful at the same time. Gotcha. Like I, my dream is to sound like her. Like she's so, she's amazing. She's like definitely my favorite artist in New Orleans I've met so far who inspires me a lot. Yeah. That's awesome. And I know like previously we talked about like Fiona Apple was an influence of yours, mm -hmm. and you can hear it a lot, especially in Thank You So Much. Thanks. Mm -hmm. um, is that single out yet? or, or No, no that, let, oh. let me not say the date. Let me not say the okay. date yet because I want to be 100% positive, but that will be out very, very soon. And the music video is done. Like, I'm, I'm so hyped. So I, that's I've heard, my first single. I've heard the early mix, and mm -hmm. let me tell you. Actually, me and, you know Matias? Mm -hmm. Me and Matias were listening to it. I was like, man, come over here. Can you listen <laughs> yeah. to the end of semi? Very mature sound. It's a really, really, really cool sounding Thank you. band. Um, I definitely get the Fiona Apple influence, mm -hmm. um, the like with the downbeats of the piano. Yeah. Super, super cool, but like it's your own thing. Thanks. Um, but like I hear like a lot of different artists you're, you're pulling from, like what kind of genres influence this teenage angst Vienna sound? It's a lot. Like sometimes I write things and I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? I listen to a lot of the like indie sad girl music. Like I love me some like Phoebe Bridgers, Lizzie McAlpine type stuff. But um, I don't really know where the blues comes from and what I write. I think especially since I've moved here, like my songwriting has become more blues influenced and it's really cool. Just like being surrounded by everybody here, yeah. you can definitely like hear it through what I'm writing. It's so cool. Well, it's funny because, you know, before the interview started, we were talking about the question uh, how in New Orleans, like heritage and culture uh -huh. would influence your writing style. You just said it right there. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, for real. The blues. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Oh, all right, this is a fun one for you. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite moment on stage? The first one that comes to mind is my senior year of high school. It was like my senior showcase. It's at this place called the Act Black Box in my hometown. Yeah. And um, I sang You're So Vain by Carly Simon. Okay. And before, as a songwriter, that song is so, like, that's, like, every time I listen to it, I'm like, okay, so she wrote this for me. I want this one quote tattooed on my arm. It's by Anne Lamont, and it says, if people wanted you to write warmly about them, they should have behaved better. Oh, wow. So I read that quote to the audience and then just started playing the song. And by the last chorus, I was like, all right, everybody sing with me. And the audience sang along with the chorus. And that's it was amazing. so, like, that was definitely my favorite. No, audience interaction stage. is just so incredible. Yes. Like, when they're singing back the words, it's, mm -hmm. the, like, the best thing ever. Where are you from originally? Um, I'm from Hagerstown, Maryland, which was like low-key pretty boring and why I wanted to leave. Man, like, Maryland to New Orleans, like, how, like, what's the comparison? What are the contrasts of the music scene there? Like, how different is it? And the other, like, young musicians who were gigging at home are mostly, they're all men, first of all. Like, I'm one of the only, like, female gigging artists down there that I know really? of. Really? What's, like, yeah. the age demographic? Um, like, the ones that I hang around with are, like, in their early 20s. Wow. Yeah, um, and they play like folky music. Like they're like guitar singer songwriter folk guys. So you were definitely like a standout like, in the local scene. It's definitely America. I was different from the rest definitely. of them. Definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, not a bad thing. Yeah. Not at all. And here, like, 
it's so it's definitely different because any night you could go out it could be like a tuesday night and you will hear like the most phenomenal band playing like at like some like any bar you go into the music is just like 12 out of 10 <clears throat> phenomenal and amazing like i remember this one night i went in on like a tuesday and there was this guy playing sax and like walking through the audience playing interacting with them like it's crazy oh that's awesome yeah no that's hilarious because like majority of like our professors they're doing that exact same mm -hmm. thing just yeah like, they'll be like i played a gig last night <laughs> like pop pop was like telling me like this morning he was like oh i played like two gigs last night <laughs> like one in the morning I'm like okay he's so cool he is so cool mm -hmm. you haven't this, this uh this yeah semester? i have theory too theory mm -hmm. that's nice yeah. and like cass we'll be talking she's my ensemble teacher she was like yeah i was playing a gig on bourbon last night and blah 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 happened like i want to be her when i grow up like come oh. on <laughs> yeah so going back to your uh band ulterior motives mm -hmm. What's in store for the future? For the future. So we're actually starting to write together as a band more. Like before, every original that we've performed were songs that like I had already written. Like gotcha. I came to college and those were done. And now we're collaborating more. Like Otis will, like over break, Otis wrote like three really, really cool instrumentals and just mm -hmm. sent them to our group chat. Gotcha. And I'm like adding lyrics over them of like whatever's on my mind at the time. Like, yeah, we're definitely collaborating more in the songwriting process and kind of going through like trying to figure out our brand because we are a new band like we did just get started we just moved here so we're like figuring out what sound suits us best and like yeah. experimenting got you mm -hmm. and you are the primary ly lyricist um i think it's gonna focus to be like me and otis like a okay. good like 50 50 but like everything we've performed so far were all my originals yeah so what do the other band members bring to the table like guys like dylan mm -hmm. great guy amazing yeah so go on and, and like expand on on each member in the roles because unfortunately they couldn't be here today uh -huh. because of the the podcast situation the studio situation <laughs> yeah so just expand on, on their individual roles um otis is insanely talented he's a really really good songwriter and he debuted his singing at our dmax gig which he sang a like an old blues song called going down his voice is insane like people don't realize he can sing and then he pulls it out and you're like Oh my gosh right. like okay go off yeah he's a great singer great writer like phenomenal guitarist he has like that led zeppelin vibe going on that i know you like like with his solos yeah like he sounds pretty led zeppelin. i definitely hear in the um on the little the little preview that he gave me for uh, thank you so much mm -hmm. really yeah. really cool like his solo is fire i mean it gave like are you in a radio head mm -hmm. gave like a lot of radio head kind of vibe yeah thank you yeah because yeah, i never would have guessed that yeah, oh, with yeah. his guitar solo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Super, super cool. Okay, so that's Otis. Yeah. So Andy, interestingly enough, is not actually a music major, which is really like we just got started. Like we were jamming together, and Andy, Andy's definitely like my best friend on campus, and so okay. us like being in a band together made sense. And so like when I I'll write a song, and then me and Andy will sit in a practice room together and like plunk out the bass part together. Gotcha. And all of the new songs I've been writing are like. Andy will say something really profound to me when I'm just like ranting to them about whatever's going on. Right. They'll say something really profound and I write it into my song seeds and usually end up turning it into lyrics. Like sometimes <laughs> they'll just be talking and say something genius and I'm like, oh, and I'll write a, like a lyric out of it. And then Dylan is just like the best drummer that you could ever ask other than you. The best drummer you could ever ask for. Like he's he's just insane. And the energy he brings to the table is so great. He's such a good guy. Yes, like he, he's so positive. He's very easy to work with. Mm -hmm. uh, me and Matisse were actually jamming with him some time ago. Um, we're, we're trying to get this little van up and running. But um, 
like off the bat, like aside from like the really great fills that he like was giving us, and, like, the solid crews, like me and him looked at each other and like, man, he's like so easy to work with. Yeah, like even the other night, so we're working on the cover of High by Slow Pulp right now. Right, okay. And that's, that's one of his favorite songs, like ever. Like that's yeah. just like in his top favorite songs. So he was so just excited for that band practice and the whole time he was like, woo, had so much energy and everything. Like he's the best. That's great. That's and, great. and he has a great balance of like professionalism as well. Like Dylan's just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Going back to um Andy, right? Mm -hmm. What's their primary? I don't think I've seen them. Have I seen them live? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're on bass. Mm -hmm. Okay, got you. Yeah. So you were talking about how they um how they would say something and you just like it kind of hit you and then you kind of turn into lyrics. Yes. That's interesting too because like you were talking how you and Otis were like fifty fifty in the song like right Yeah, we're process. getting yeah we're getting to be about like halfway yeah. But um but, like Andy is like saying things and she's they are contributing to um to your to your lyrics yeah and i think that's really cool too i feel like everyone is just like it's just so locked in this group is so locked in yeah um we're I would, really close yeah yeah like just as friends i mean how important to you is like aside from musical chemistry like like personal friendship chemistry how important is that to you in a band? The most important thing. Yeah. Like, it's so, like, if you're going to be hanging out with these people all the time and, like, doing gigs is really vulnerable because, like, personally, I get really nervous before and right. it's really, like, stressful. We're, like, figuring out equipment, like, getting everything ready. It needs to be a group of people that, like, genuinely vibe and get along. Like, it's so important. Like, we'll just go hang out at Otis's house sometime. Like, we had a pasta night at his house where he just, like, cooked for us and stuff or, like, we'll smoke together or whatever. Like, it's just, like... We're, we're all really good friends and you can tell when we're on stage and we're just having fun and connecting. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I see the audience sees it. The audience goes absolutely crazy for <laughs> you. It's, it's so exciting to see as an audience member. Um, and I just want to say this, in the Miami local scene, you guys would have like on top. You guys yeah. are just so phenomenal. But um, do, do you have like a... Um, like a pre-gig ritual? Is there anything that y'all do? Is it shots? <laughs> you wanna know. Before we performed the last take of Thank You So Much, like yeah. in the studio, which is the take we ended up using, we went in the bathroom and took shots. Um, and that was at like five in the morning. Like it took us so long, like that recording process took so long, but it, it worked out. Yeah. Like the song sounds great. Yeah, pre-show ritual, um, Otis turns into a sassy man. And yeah. It's funny. Otis gets, he's not like mean, he's just like a sassy little man and gets a little stressed out. Like, I don't know. We don't really, not completely a pre show ritual yet, but I'll get back to you if we do end up having one. Absolutely, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. really cool. That's really, really cool. Um, so, when you recorded um, your single that has not come out yet, mm -hmm. thank you so much. How long did it take? Because you, you're telling me 5 a.m. taking yeah. shots. Like, how, how did that go about? I want to say our studio time started at 11 p.m. I think is it was either 10 or 11 I think it was 11 and they were just so so Gabe was our TA yeah. and the snake wasn't working we were in the a live room and the snake wasn't working and just the setup process took so long snake because we had to like um to plug in for like all the inputs right um since we were doing like a live setup like everything was plugged in at once and like some of the inputs weren't working oh, okay gotcha yeah um and so like it's it was a lot of troubleshooting and Gabe is like such a great producer and was like figuring it out and was determined to like make sure we would get the song done. Awesome. But yeah, so it took a lot of troubleshooting. Um Delvin was there helping us out. Um oh, cool. Lisette and Ronnie. I know Ronnie was there. I'm pretty sure Lisette was there helping too, was set up. Yeah, like it took forever, but then once we found we did like 
we did it and it took I think like maybe I want to say like 12 takes and the 12th one was the one we used yeah that's incredible uh you're talking about Delvin Ronnie and um Lizette mm -hmm. um what, what were their roles were they like background because I know they're vocalists primarily or were they just mm -hmm. helping set up because they're being good pals they were in my team for the Billy project that's what it was I, I think Tachi was also there yeah they were in my team for Billy's industry oh project. you know what I remember this mm -hmm. yeah Dude, like other people were like weird. stopping in and out of the studio that whole like you might have even ran in and out like people were in and out while we were setting up but yeah so yeah, they were remember, on my team for remember, the Billy project do you remember me getting running in and like getting the microphone stand Probably, like, yeah, there were people You guys were there that. for a while. Yes. Like, a long time. <laughs> yeah, it was fun, though. Like, that was a fun night. No, but... Uh, we went to Waffle House after. We, like, pulled it on it. I saw that post. <laughs> hilarious. That was hilarious. Dude, Waffle House is so good. It's so, like, Waffle House, time stops at Waffle House. Waffle <laughs> it really House does. Ideal. No, no, it really, really like, does. Like, and if you go, it has to be at, like, 2 a.m. or something. Like, it's the best time. Uh -huh. The best yeah. time. <laughs> and preferably not sober. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, But, um... What's your go-to at Waffle House, man? Um, the chocolate chip waffle. Dude, really? Two strips of bacon. Me too. Oh, I can't do bacon. It's too strong for me. I don't like the taste. You're weird. But yeah, chocolate, <gasps> chocolate chip waffle, though. Chocolate chip waffles on it. top, absolutely. <laughs> um, okay, ulterior motives. We're going back to how do you see them ultimately... What legacy do you see the ulterior motives leaving behind at Loyola? Uh, so I think we're interesting because we have like a different blend of musical backgrounds like Otis is a shoegaze guy like all the way Really? And yeah, and mostly like I guess that yeah, like he was like he mostly listens to shoegaze and Like we just have this really interesting like blend of genres that have all come together And so I think the songs we're gonna write together are gonna be so cool with just like our different musical backgrounds Like it's gonna be different from things people have heard before. Okay. Yeah is there going to be a point in your life where you just want to branch out and do solo work? Or? Yeah, like we're all down to, Dylan's in like four or five bands. Yeah. Like we're all down, um, Otis is working on an EP too. Like we're all down to like do solo stuff and keep working with the bands. Like we're all just doing music stuff all the time and like want to stay driven all the time. Like Thank You So Much is going to come out under my name, not the band's name. Like I wrote that my junior year of high school. So my EP is going to come out like under Vienna and Toriani, but now we're like writing together as a band. Gotcha. Okay, so now you're writing like under ulterior motives. Mm -hmm. So everything that, because you were discussing earlier how everything that you had prepared for college, all those songs that you written, that's all going to be under Vienna? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, that super EP. cool. Yeah. Super, super cool. You want a, a sneak peek of information, actually. The EP is going to be called Can I Be Honest? And Can the, I be all, honest? Yeah. And the songs that, um, that you've heard live, like those will be on there. Okay. About how long is the EP going to be? Um, hopefully by the end of the semester, it'll be out, and the EP has eight songs on it. Cool. Is there a certain one that you're most excited for? Are you biased to any of your own songs? I mean, there's one called Count Your Days that's really, it's like a diary entry. It's really, like, different from anything I've ever written, because it's, like, it kind of feels like a Lizzie McAlpine song and how, like, intimate and slow it is. I'm really, so that one's, like, different, and that just, like, has a special place in my heart. Speak of the Devil is going to go hard. Like that's we've done that song live. That's gonna be really cool. That's probably gonna be my favorite just to listen to. Gotcha. I think Speak of the Devil. Is there a favorite yeah. one to play live for you? Um, where we disagreed. We always close okay. with that song. It's very angry. It's a really good closer. It like gets the audience going. Yeah, where we disagreed is my favorite. Okay, so there seems to be it's like hard a, to pick. <laughs> <laughs> there seems to be like a common theme of like heartbreak and anger yeah. in this EP. Am I off with that? Oh, you're you're so right. So yeah. is this? 
I don't, I don't, I don't if, if you I'm, can pry. If, okay, I'm definitely gonna pry. Okay. Is this about a certain somebody? Um, the first two songs are about somebody I was in a relationship with in high school. Right. Yeah, and then it transitions into this situationship I was in my senior year. Okay. That sucked. So um, it transitions into being about that. Um, and then the closing song on the EP is a letter to myself. And it gets like deep, it like gets into like eating disorder stuff. Like it's, it's a, yeah, um, it's just really honest. Like I want the EP to be aesthetically centered around handwritten letters, which there's an aspect of that in the Thank You So Much music video. And then the Absolutely. Can I Be Honest title, like it all, it all comes together. And Can I Be Honest is one of the lyrics in Count Your Days. And so it's all, it's a circle, it all comes together. Wow, so do you, would you consider yourself to be like a controversial artist? about the topics that you write about? Yeah, like some of yeah. them. If, if I wouldn't play it in front of my mom and feel comfortable, or like in front of an <laughs> audience in Hagerstown or something, like a little bit. I'm not saying anything that's like insane or extreme, no, not but I'm not, I'm not filtered. And like, I'm not like, I mean, well, yeah, I'm mean towards people who have done me wrong and I'm not afraid to be. And like, that's why I want that tattoo about like songwriting and honesty and everything. Cause like that's my coping mechanism. Yeah. Like no one can stop me from that. You said the tattoo was in your arm. Um, I want to get one. So the the only tattoo I have right now is this. It's a Jesse Reyes album cover. Jesse. Okay. Yeah. Um, I decided I wanted that in eighth grade. Like I've known it for a long time. And the the tattoo I want is that quote. Um, if people wanted you to write warmly about them, they should have made you better. I think I'll get it for my birthday. Ooh, I want it like spiraled like on my arm. Where? Oh, like a spiral. Like yeah. Going out so we'll, we'll cool. see because I know like they can't fit like words if it's like a small like bit of I need to figure out exactly where I want it and but, I've noticed yeah. um while you like perform live like there's like a certain like aesthetic and colors like I, I see like red and black and yeah. maybe sometimes like a dark orange mm -hmm. is there like a, a reason for this is is, is this like how you want to market yourself and like what what is your brand who is Vienna my personal color, color scheme is definitely the red and black like 100% um, with the band, we, yeah, usually we're like, all right, we're all going to wear wet, red and black. For the Planet of the Little Green Men gig, we did all wear green for that one. Of course. Um, I think our color, instead of being the red and black, like, would maybe on the maroon side. Like, when we did our first artist photos together, we had, like, a maroon and black color scheme going there, too. So, like, we're still figuring out completely the band's, like, image. But yeah, for me, the red and black is the way to go. Yeah, I have so many like Pinterest boards from my songs and <laughs> stuff. Like, yeah. Oh my god, my girlfriend's the same way, man. She like she'll I sit me down Pinterest. and just we'll just go through Pinterest forever. Period, as she should. <laughs> no, but um, when establishing a band, what do you think is the hardest part about establishing a band? Is it the members? Is it the image? Like you said, is it the kind of music that you're gonna sing and write about? Mm -hmm. You can kind of expand on that. Um. The members, it wasn't that hard. It took, like, there was, like, a little bit of, like, a couple different people and, like, trial and error and then just what clicked is what worked. Right. Um, image comes naturally. Like, okay. figuring out our brand, I think it'll just come with time. Because we're new. Like, we, like, just exactly. got to college. We're all what, figuring 18, ourselves 19? out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're all, I think we're all 18. Yeah? I think we're all 18. <laughs> um, but, yeah. And I think the hardest part might be like writing together and then figuring out exactly what sound we're going for like we made a like spotify playlist of inspo songs and so i'm trying to like write more like some of the inspo songs on the playlist which is different because usually i'm writing exactly what i feel and now i'm writing more with like 
a goal and intent in mind. So it's like a new, different thing for me to a try. A goal in mind? Mm-hmm. And what goal is that? Is it kind of... Um, like to emulate the vibe of the songs on that playlist and to get like to keep my Vienna songs as my Vienna songs and the ulterior motives ones as like kind of have the shoegazy influence that Otis likes and everything just to like oh so is it mm-hmm. is it gonna be a completely different sound it won't be complete like it's as of right now we're just calling it like indie slash like alt rock which is like my originals when they have the guitar and the drums on them they're like alt rock like speak of the devil is rock like yeah and genres are kind of stupid if you think about it. like expand on that it's hard to put music into a box okay pretty much like, what about if it's a bunch of tiny different boxes with their own little labels and names yeah. or is it all just stupid anyways it doesn't not all of it but sometimes it is counterintuitive to like focus on like what's my genre what's my genre when you could just like write what you're feeling i see that a lot in like young artists mm-hmm. you're just trying to they have their music but they don't know what to call themselves yeah which is which is really troubling. Um, I actually dealt with that for a period of time uh, back in Miami. Um, when when uh, my first band, I didn't know what we wore at all, and I spent like a, a great deal of time trying to figure that out. When really focusing on the music was is def- definitely the most important yeah. part. You can pretty much always say indie if you're an indie band. I mean, <laughs> kind of. If you're not signed to like a major label, you're indie. Yeah, technically. <laughs> technically, yeah. technically speaking, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So going back to the um, color schemes, you, I'm, the, I assume you're familiar with the White Stripes. Mm-hmm. Like to an extent. To an extent, okay, so the Seven Nation Army dudes. Yeah. All right, so the thing about Jack White is he strongly believes in like the color scheme. It's like a proven fact, it's funny that you mentioned this, that red and black together, the most powerful combination, and it's it gets a person's attention. So, oh, no it. way, I did not know that. Oh, this yeah. This is great. Okay. So, uh, and I wear red and black all the time. Like, yeah. Like, fits red and black. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see that. You got yeah. the Fiona Apple fit. Yes, I do. The Fiona Apple t-shirt. I yeah. got two Fiona Apple t-shirts for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> what was your favorite thing you got for Christmas? Um. Oh, that's a good question. I really, I got a t-shirt of Fiona Apple's mugshot from when she had <laughs> weed on her tour bus. Like, I think that's really funny. That's so stupid. And then, yeah. And then I got, um... Another t-shirt that says, I heart Jess Mariano, which is my favorite Gilmore Girls character. Like, the main character has three love interests throughout the whole show, and he's my favorite one. So, that, I love that shirt. I'm going to be wearing that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Dude, there was a time when my mom was just, like, obsessed with the Gilmore Girls. Really? Yeah. She would, like, we were just kind of watching together. It was super, super sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me and my mom are Rory and Lorelai. <laughs> we are. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. Uh, let's see, what else do I have for you? Dude, your, like your answers are just like I like how detailed like you are in your descriptions because a lot of a lot of times artists will come come on in the past and they, and they'll just like they'll be like a little camera shy um, and for the most part I'm still, like I'm nervous right now but and, I'm like well for the most part it takes like another another member of the band because uh, normally I do this interview with two two mm-hmm. members of the band normally the other person like is their comfort but you're here on your own you're dugging it out <laughs> this is all you. you. Thanks. No, and you're, you're doing super great. And of course, uh, there's that exclusive performance oh, yeah. coming up on Sunday. The studio audience is going to be there. The photographers, it's going to be so much fun. So um, as like a little teaser, what are, what are we expecting to see that day? Um, my first single. And then another cover that I, I mentioned in this podcast, that's Dylan's favorite song ever. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His favorite song ever. One of his favorites. Yeah. He was so, he sent it to the group chat. He was like, we need to do this song. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. The thing about uh, it's Slow Pulp, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did not hear about it until you actually sent it to me. 
Yeah, Otis has been like on. He he said multiple times. He's like, I've been on the slow pulp train for so long. Like he's liked them. They're like a cool indie band. I had a couple of their songs liked. I forget which ones. And then he played some of their songs. I think on vinyl at his house, or at least off of his speaker system. I'm pretty sure he like played them on vinyl at his house one time. And was like, listen to how good this album is. Yeah. All right. We're gonna have a little game right now, okay? Oh shit. Okay. Well, it's not like a little game, but like. <laughs> This is kind of like a, an, a like an all about you kind of thing. All right. If you could summarize like yourself, okay, mm-hmm. in five movies, whatever movies to your audience, what are these movies? Oh, good question. And what do they mean to you? Um, Beaches. It's I think one of my mom's favorite movies, mm-hmm. and it's from I want to say eighties or nineties. I'm actually not sure which one. Um, and it's about like there's like two best friends. There's like this one fiery redhead with like an attitude and she goes on Broadway and then the other best friend who's like very like logical not like shy but like more timid she's like a lawyer and the ups and downs and like twists and turns that movie takes like I will cry every time I watch that movie so Beaches is gonna make the list um what else Mean Girls will make that was my comfort movie for like a long time I love Mean Girls. Like the aesthetic of that movie, like the early two thousands, is like yeah. so cute. Yeah. Except the new Mean Girls. You know how they just made that. I was just one? gonna bring it up right now. Yeah, it pissed me off because I love. Okay, let me go on a little little rant. By all means, please do. <laughs> so Mean Girls was my comfort movie. I loved it, loved it, and then they made like the Broadway show Mean Girls. And when when I was a theater kid, I was like I loved that soundtrack. I was obsessed with it, and I sang one of the songs at a showcase in high school. Like Mean Girls is my thing. And I was so excited for this movie because you know it's a movie musical. Yes. Yeah. I didn't know that coming in while watching it, so I was very thrown <laughs> off. Did you like it? No, not me either. I did not. They changed the songs. Like yeah. they changed. It was not it. It didn't feel like it didn't have the same vibe and aesthetic as like the first one. No. Or the, the they vibe. They were dressed like the Sheen models, <laughs> and it like because the plastics. It did not give high school. Yeah, like the plastics like served in the first movie. Like their outfits were Big so time. good in the old one. Yeah, um, and their outfits looked sheen in this one. It was not the move. But like Renee Rapp, eight, the girl who plays Regina, she's a phenomenal singer. Like she was great. Um, and like Jenna Fisher, the one who played the mom, like who was also in the office, she was really funny. But like a lot of the other, they didn't really win me Jen- over. Jenna Fisher was in the new one. Mm-hmm. She played. Um, that's the that's Pam from the office, yeah. right? Yeah, she yeah. was Katie's mom. Oh man, I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, she had so a smaller weird. part, but um, yeah, didn't even notice her. Yeah, yeah. she was funny. Okay, wait, but so now back to the other movies. My friends make fun of me because I never understand movie references. Like, because I haven't seen a ton of movies. The first two that came to mind, Beaches, Mean Girls. Um, I like the vibe of Girl Interrupted a lot right now. That might be kind of a basic never, answer. Never heard, I actually never heard of the movie. Um, Winona Ryder movie about, like, these girls in a mental asylum. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, with Angelina Jolie in it as well. And I'm... Blanking on every other movie I've ever seen in my life right now. Why am I? So, of those three movies that you've that you've mentioned, those three would best describe you. Yes, <laughs> I'm gonna walk in with my answer. Mental, mental asylum. Yes. Movie musical. Yes. Not the, the OG Mean Girls, not the new one. Oh, the OG, the OG. Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. No, that's valid actually. Yeah, the first one. Too valid. And then Beaches. Yes. Um, <laughs> gotta watch. Okay, definitely gotta watch Beaches and Girl Interrupted. And mm-hmm. all right, so now same format but with songs. Top five songs that would describe you. It doesn't have to be as an artist, but even just like as a person. Right now or in general. 
Ooh, you can do both. So every month I make a new playlist. Like I just do like January faves, February faves, and it always rotates. So let me let me just pull it up. Go ahead, yeah. I'll pick like five of my favorite ones right now, and then I'll think about favorite songs ever, ever. Um, right now I love "I Can't Catch You" by Sixpence None the Richer. Um, I'm eating off Deftones' cover of Please, 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 Let Me Get What I Want. That's kind of a basic answer, but it's so good. No, it's so good. Um, yeah. And then um, this girl, Tristan, I found her on TikTok, actually. She just released her first EP. There's a song on it called Tough Subject that's so good. Right. Um, definitely Tough Subject by Tristan. Homeware by Sir Chloe. I'm trying to write like Sir Chloe right now. For what sure. do you mean by that? Um, her vibe. Like, it's more rock. And I think it's more up Dylan and Otis's alley. And right. so I'm trying, and like, she's one of my influences personally. So I'm like, I wrote a chord progression in the practice rooms earlier. I was like, this could be a Sir Chloe song with a little bit of a Vienna spin on it. And then I'm gonna say Always by Indigo de Souza for my last one. But um, in general, Vienna songs. Heartbreaker by Pat Benatar. Okay. I love that song. What else? Um, Firearm by Lizzie McAlpine. I want to say, let me pull up a list I have in my notes app because I don't want to forget something like a song I really sure. care about and then later watch this and be like, Vienna, how could you forget that song? No, because me and um, when I was working on, on this um, on this interview, um, just kind of preparing for it, um, when I was with Matthias and I was mm -hmm. showing him your song, mm -hmm. he was talking about how you post a, like a lot of like music on your stories. Yeah. And he was, after he heard your song, he was like, damn, that was like really good. I need to start listening to what she's listening to. <laughs> Yay. No, it's really, really good. Um, Gloom by Joe, like DJO, yeah. the guy from yeah, Stranger yeah. Things. That whole album is crazy. Um, Mystery by Jesse Joe Stark. And then I'll say Buddy's Rendezvous by, it's the version I listen to is Lana Del Rey. It might oh, be yeah. a cover. Um, it's Father John Misty and Lana Del Rey, but Ooh. I love Oh, wait, really? Yes. I, like, barely know him, and I listen to that, like, the really? Lana. Yeah, I listen to Buddy's Rendezvous a lot, though. And it's, I think Lana's, like, featured on that song. She's the only singer. Dude, yeah. I like the Lana covers, too. Like, mm -hmm. have you heard Lana's cover of, um, Sublime? No. Yeah, Which... she covered Sublime. I think it was, um, uh, it was her summertime song. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, she sampled it. Yeah, 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 mm -hmm. but she sang over, she has such a Voice. Like, yeah, she inspires me so much. Her like old unreleased music from the beginning of her career, low key problematic and like insane and so like bops. I love to listen to them. Like her, oh, like Lana is amazing. The way like she created this image for herself like inspires me so much. My image wouldn't be like hers. Like I don't like I don't really like the like Americana fifties thing that she leaned into. Yeah like a ton but just i respect the brand so much okay like she's like i, I love lana del rey love me some lana yeah i mean how important is image to you it's really important and i think like some people think like marketing and image and branding is like a bad thing and i feel like it's just fun like i like i like making my little tiktoks and like finding my audience and like creating visuals that go along with the project are so important like, yeah definitely your fun it, I fully agree with you. Mm -hmm. I, I was debating whether or not to wear my own old uh, band shirt like, from, <laughs> my, from Miami. Um, but please, um, if you could just plug in your TikTok. Just like, oh, um, my username on everything, I think, is just Vienna.Notoriani. Okay. N-O-T-A-R-I-A-N-N-I. -N -N -I. 
And that's <laughs> and that's for um, ulterior motives as well. And for ulterior motives, we're ulterior dot motives with a zero for the O, I want to say. Let me make sure that's true. It might be an underscore instead of a dot. Yeah, ulterior dot motives and the O is a zero. The whole thing with TikTok, it's, it's really a hit or miss with, yeah. I mean, have you found any success? Have you picked up on any patterns on, on, on posting habits? Just The yeah. algorithm is so real and it's hard to figure out. Like it is difficult to figure out. The video I've had that performed the best was a cover of Michelle by Sir Chloe, who I was talking about earlier. Right. Um, that got, I want to say like more than 400,000 likes on it, which is crazy. That's if you like insane. think about like that many people That's like in an arena or something, like, yeah. Um, and then I got, I think like 2000 likes on an original song I posted. Right. Like right when I got to school, it's called Why Are You So Ashamed? It was just like a video of me in the practice rooms, like playing the second verse of that song. And a bunch of people, the comments were like, Fiona Apple coded, Fiona Apple coded, like in a good way. Um, yeah, the algorithm, I'm figuring it out. If That's you awesome. figure it out, let me know. Like I have, I have one friend from home who had 83,000 TikTok followers. Like she like is on her game. And then her account got banned. And she started over, but she's she'll be just fine. She knows she knows how to yeah. do the algorithm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, on your um, on your Sir Chloe cover, you know, what did you what did you pick up on like that was so different from the, like compared to the rest of the other videos? What about that video was different? I was belting, and yeah. I'm not a soprano. Like I have like a lower voice, um, but yeah, that song just suits my voice really well. And it was like a video my mom took of me at a vocal showcase. She just recorded and like captioned it voice recital today and like didn't even think that much about posting it and like that one happened to blow up. It's usually if you don't try too hard are the ones that like do the best, which is annoying. It's good. I mean, what would you, what, as a musician yourself, what would you say to an artist that are like getting into the teenage years, 13, 14 years old, wanting to do music as a career? Mm -hmm. What, what would you suggest to them? Like what tips would you give to that? That's a good question. I'm still learning so much every day. Right. I have so much to learn. But don't be afraid to mess up on stage. And if you mess up on stage, it's not the end of the world. Like, usually, like, even if your voice cracks during a show, like, people will forget if by the end of the song you recover. Like, if you're performing and something goes wrong, just do not stop. Like, get through the song. Because that's a skill in and of itself. Like, if you mess up, like, getting back on track. Um, yeah, and just going into a show with a good attitude, right. because if you think you're gonna do bad, then you probably won't do your best. But if you go in, like, sometimes you gotta fake it till you make it, like, I in totally terms agree. of confidence, yeah, like, you really absolutely. do. Do you feel like you found yourself in, as an artist, or do you think there's more there's searching so to much, do? There's so much more searching. I feel like I'm two years old, and I'm a baby, <laughs> and I'm figuring everything out. Yeah, like, I'm getting there, but I have a lot to learn. Like, I'm, I'm really young, and I'm... Figuring it, figuring it out. That's yeah. awesome. How soon can your uh, fans uh, expect a next show other than this exclusive performance coming up this Sunday? I'm actually not sure. We don't have gigs lined up yet for this semester. We're just like focusing on writing and not freaking out about finding gigs for like the next month and a half or so. So I don't have a show to plug yet, but as soon as I do, I'll let you know. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Vienna, thank you so much for coming out. Thanks this was a really, me. really great interview. Um, thank you so much for taking the time coming out. Again, this is the Talk NOLA. Uh, yes, it is. Well, we want to thank Vienna <laughs> for coming out here. Uh, have a great night. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yo, you killed that. Yeah. Thank you. You killed the question.